Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. We start with last night's Monday Night Football, not the finale of Week 5. We do get a game tonight. No positive tests in Tennessee or in Buffalo. So that's obviously great news, first and foremost, because it means no one else tested positive, but also because it means we get another game tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time. We get to see two AFC unbeatens, two interesting teams. It'll be interesting to see what the Titans are capable of doing, having been off as long as they've been off. And, of course, the Bills have been one of the great stories of the early season. We will get you there, and that's tonight. But let's start with last night in the Chargers and the Saints. And I'll tell you what, I think we learned more about the Chargers last night than we did about the Saints. I can sum up what I think I know about the Chargers in the blink of an eye. They can't find a way to win a game, but they've got the right quarterback. So far, so good on that kid. So we'll talk about Justin Herbert, who I think is one of the best stories of this young NFL season. I know he hasn't won a game, and they haven't won one since he's been starting. But he's gone up against a murderer's row. He gets thrust into action when Tyrod Taylor gets his lung punctured in in what is supposed to be um, Taylor's start in week two. Herbert's out there 15 minutes later. had no idea he was going to play. Didn't get all the reps. Four games. He's gone to overtime twice. Once with Mahomes. The other time with Breeze. He went toe-to-toe with Brady. Uh, Brady had to throw five touchdowns to beat him. So I know he's 0-4. But I think the kid is really good. How good are the Saints? That I don't know. But I would describe myself as concerned. Here's the only thing I can think is they're going to get better. I think they're going to get better because their defense can't be worse. They can't cover anybody. And they've basically not had Michael Thomas since the beginning of the season. Thomas went down with that ankle almost immediately. They beat Brady and the Bucks in week one. Didn't look pretty, but they won. Then they lose Thomas. He's out with the ankle. And now he's supposed to come back and he winds up getting suspended. Benched is a better word for punching a teammate. And I did a little investigating into that, which is to say I talked to some of the coaches and players that I get to work with every day on Get Up. And to a man, there is agreement that there's no way that was a one-time incident. There's no way this was an issue where two guys are going at it in practice and it gets a little physical and one guy throws a punch. This had to have been, has to have been, something bigger than that. Whether it's repeated behavior or this was something that went well beyond the idea that any player, much less the most important player perhaps on your whole team, would be benched over throwing a punch at a teammate feels like something much bigger is going on there. And Jeff Saturday made a point of repeating to me today over and over, Greeny, you cannot possibly overstate the level of distraction that is for a team. Because when it gets to benching a star player like that, everyone is involved. The quarterback is certainly talking about it with the coach. So are the rest of the receivers. Maybe other players around the team. Team leaders. It's a big decision. And so for them to fight, there's a part of me that wants to say, for them to win these games any way they can without Michael Thomas is like banking wins they otherwise you wouldn't figure they were going to get. Like if they don't, they, they are so dependent on him. Breeze is overly reliant on him. He's throwing the ball to Kamara yesterday. They got something going with Emmanuel Sanders. They have a connection with the tight end. So they found a way to win. They're down 20 to 3 yesterday. At at 20 to 3 Chargers last night, you're thinking to yourself, maybe it's over. Maybe this particular run of New Orleans Saints football, which has been epic, 
which has made Drew Brees a first ballot Hall of Famer, which produced one championship, a whole bunch of deep playoff runs, and as much brutal heartache deep in the playoffs as any team has ever endured, maybe we're seeing the end of it. I mean, like last night. And then they find a way. Breeze finds a way in the second half. So I think you write them off at your own peril. But right now, do they look like one of the NFC big boys? They absolutely do not. Do not. They don't look ready to play with Green Bay. I still believe, I know they beat Tampa week one. I still absolutely like the Bucks better than I like them. So Wilson is playing. I like Seattle better than I like them. So there's three right off the bat. And then we start figuring it out from there. Rams, who knows who else might come in this conversation by the time it's all said and done. But right now, the Saints don't look like one of the NFC big boys, but I am by no means ready to write them off. One other interesting thing about that game last night. The Taysom Hill thing is fascinating, the way they use him. Third down, four yards to go from the nine-yard line, final two minutes of regulation last night, game on the line. Game on the line, and your Hall of Fame quarterback is on the bench. That's not something any team in the NFL does. So they are all in on this Taysom Hill thing. And I asked Graziano about it this morning, and he told me, Greeny, they don't pay him like a guy who has the role he has on that team. They pay him much more than that. And there was a real plan in their minds that if Breeze had retired, that they were giving the ball to Taysom Hill. Now, I continue to believe that if Breeze were to get hurt, as he did a year ago, and they gave those five starts to Teddy Bridgewater, that those would go to Jameis. But I don't know that for certain. So Taysom Hill is a fascinating person. There's no other team in the NFL you would do that with. And yet there they find themselves. Taysom Hill running it in for the big touchdown that ties that game and sends it to overtime. And ultimately, they wind up winning by one yard. They wind up winning that game by one yard on a fourth down stop. Mike Williams had a big night last night, but on a fourth and seven, he only got them six in the overtime down three, and there's your ball game. So the Saints get the win. Chargers are a hard luck loser. Kind of hard to say it any other way. The Chargers are the best one and four team in the NFL. It's a team that does not find ways to win games. The difference is last year it was because their quarterback was bad, and this year I believe their quarterback is good. If you're a Charger fan today, I think you're feeling very good about yourself because you've got the right quarterback. I had major questions. One of the things that I will never, if you're just getting to use, used to me, if you weren't a listener to Mike and Mike, if you don't watch Get Up in the Mornings, if you don't know who in the world I am, I will tell you when I'm wrong. Lord knows I'm wrong all the time. And I was dead wrong, I think, on Justin Herbert, which is to say I was not sold. And I based that on hearing the opinions of people who, whose opinions I value in these evaluations. And I heard a lot of question, primarily about his accuracy. And then you watch him play and you say to yourself, this guy's phenomenal. I, I think he's, he looks as good. He certainly looks as good as Joe Burrow does so far. Now he's on a much better team. I know they picked sixth and the Bengals picked first. Sixth is not exactly like picking 23rd. But the quarterback was what was holding them back last year. Just ask our friends in Indianapolis how that's going. I mean, they, they, they definitely got the better end of that deal. And they could have easily beaten in the last four weeks. Easily. We're talking about a combined total of something like 10 plays away from right now, 
being four and one instead of one and four with wins over Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. You're like 10 plays away from that. That's how the NFL is sometimes. So clearly one and four, this isn't going to be their year, but the future looks awfully bright. So that's where it begins today. The quarterback conversations, one of them young, one of them old. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Meanwhile, speaking of quarterbacks, it is my pleasure to welcome on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line, Castle, who's now doing work at the NBC uh, for NBC Sports in Boston, covering sports and the Patriots up there, but of course knows a little something about stepping in at quarterback on a team that has high aspirations and the pressure that comes with that. Matt, it's Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for a few minutes. How are you? I'm doing great, Greeny. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And obviously all of us remember that year that, that Brady gets hurt in New England and you go in there and you wind up leading that team to 11 wins. And because the schedule and the, the, the playoff rules are what they are, your team winds up not making the playoffs, but it wasn't for lack of winning games. So you have sort of a sense of what Andy Dalton is facing now in Dallas, where despite the fact that they only have two wins, they're in first place in their division, and it remains a team that I think has high expectations. Take us through the mindset of a quarterback when he steps in under those circumstances after an injury like that. Right. It's, it's a tough circumstance. There's no doubt about it, especially when you're going through the course of, of the season and Dak was playing the way that he is, and then all of a sudden, abruptly, you're thrown in to the, to the line of fire and you're, you're called up and you've got to go and you've got to do your job to the best of your ability. And I thought Andy Dalton showed that his veteran presence, his composure, he led him on the, the drive to end the game to set up the field goal. He threw the ball well. And that's what you get from Andy Dalton. And so they should have a lot of confidence moving forward with Andy and this team, obviously with Ezekiel Elliott, Amani Cooper, CD Lamb, Michael Gallup. They've got a cast of all stars out there that he can feel confident. And this team can feel confident with the fact that they've got a veteran guy who's played a lot of football throughout his career he took this the Cincinnati Bengals the five different playoff runs obviously they didn't win any of those games but at the same time he's got a two to one touchdown ratio he's a guy that's played a lot in this league so now he's got to rally the troops give them confidence and it was it was a great outing for him to give this team confidence to give this offense confidence moving forward especially under those crazy circumstances of Sunday Yeah, I agree. And and when you look at what they may do going forward, there were many people who wondered if they were a little too pass happy. And perhaps that is a product of the fact that they find themselves down two touchdowns because their defense is so bad in the first half of almost every game they play. But would you expect them now with Dalton instead of Prescott, if they can, to lean a little more on Ezekiel Elliott than they have so far this season? Well, I, I think it's one of those situations, like you said, they haven't leaned on Ezekiel Elliott mainly because they've been high, been behind in most of these games. So their offensive unit has been producing and producing at a high level. So I, I don't think his skill set is so different than Dax Prescott's that they're going to have to change the offensive scheme, the offensive structure. I, I do believe that they have to weigh in on the fact that they have some offensive line issues. Now with Tyrone Smith out, Collins out for the year, they obviously their center didn't play this last week. So they have to evaluate that situation too that can have a big impact on the run game. Yeah, and any other division in the sport, they I would write them off. I would suggest that they are done. But clearly someone is going to win the NFC East that might be at 6-10. and 10. Matt Castle is with me, Greeny, on ESPN Radio. When we go back to that, I'm curious, how did Bill Belichick handle it with the team? And I ask that under the – because I'm curious how the coach 
Mike McCarthy will handle this in Dallas. Again, Belichick had been in New England for a long time and won championships. McCarthy is still a relative stranger to so many of the players there, and you have to handle now the catastrophic injury to the quarterback. What do you recall about the way Belichick handled that with the team, and how do you think they will? Mike McCarthy will handle it in Dallas? Right. You know what? The the, the nice part for me, when Co- Coach Belichick came in and addressed the team, he he clearly explained, look, this is what we're doing. We're moving forward, and it's the next man up mentality. He didn't change preparation. Obviously, the conversations that took place behind closed doors with Josh McDaniels, myself, Coach Belichick, to make sure that we we're all on, the, on board with the, the scheme and what I was comfortable with, what plays. There were some subtle adjustments, especially early on in that season when I just started out to get my confidence going. But in terms of how he addressed the team, it was business as usual, and I think that was comforting to the team because everybody is obviously reeling, especially after the year that Tom had when in two, 2007 when he's coming off an MVP season. At one point, we were 18-0. and 0. We were 18-1 and 1 that season, lost in the Super Bowl. There was a lot of question marks, especially with a guy like myself who hadn't started a game since high school. But Bill, to his credit, he didn't blink. He didn't. He, he didn't falter at all. He just said, "Hey guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take the same exact approach that we've done every week. These are the. This is the game plan. This is the keys to our success, both offensively, defensively, and special teams. And we've got to move forward. And it really wasn't addressed any more than once in that meeting. And obviously, guys are hurting. They, they, there's a lot of questions throughout the." The, the locker room about who we're going to be, how we're because you lose a guy like Tom Brady or Dak Prescott, the leadership that they provide. There's a lot of, of people wondering what's going to happen next. But, you know, in terms of Dallas, it's one of those situations that they've got a quality quarterback there with Andy Dalton and they should feel good about moving forward in the right direction. Matt Castle with me on ESPN Radio. While I have you, I read a very interesting story this morning in the Boston Globe. The headline jumped out at me. It said, Bill Belichick may be doing his best coaching job right now. And then as I read the story, it actually was much more about the way he is handling COVID than it is about the way he's coaching the team. But I've been fascinated to watch them play this year. And I am firmly of the opinion that assuming Cam Newton is back and, and, and healthy and, you know, the, the tested positive, assuming he's fine and everything goes forward that they are going to be really good, that that the Patriots of Cam Newton are going to be a handful all season long. We haven't seen them now in two weeks. They'll play next week against Denver. What have you seen so far, and what do you expect from them as this season goes on? Um, obviously, I'm really encouraged with how they've played early on in this season, especially with the eight opt-outs. They've lost the guys like Hightower, Jamie Collins, Van Noy. So there's a ton of question marks going into the season off um, defensively. However, these uh, they, they've definitely stepped up. Chase Winovich has been uh, playing at a really high level. Um, and so defensively, their secondary is the strength of their team. They, they still have a very solid defense. Offensively was the big question mark for all of us. We didn't know what to anticipate with Cam Newton being the short, shortened offseason, not really having a ton of time on task, going through a so-called quarterback competition. So you're not getting all the reps at that point between him, Jared Stenham, and Hoyer. And then coming out and performing the, the way that they have early on in the season, especially with all the RPOs and the play-action pass. There hasn't been any issues with ball handling issues, which sometimes you think about in those situations. But Cam's performed really well. And the way that Josh McDaniels has adapted this offense to their strengths, which is their run game. And they've done a great job. The offensive line's the strength of the offense. And then his ability to put the ball on the receivers and his accuracy has just been outstanding. So they're playing complementary football, and it's been fun to watch. 
Matt, it's been fun to have you here. Thank you very much for taking a few minutes. Let's do it again sometime. We'll stay in touch as the season goes along. Thanks very much. Absolutely. Have a great one. Right, it's Matt Castle with me here, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. You need the best coverage, not just in football, but your wireless network too. Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same networks as big carriers for up to half the cost. 45 bucks a month for 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. I apologize if I seem to get a little bit distracted for just a moment during that conversation, but a, a bulletin popped up on my screen as Matt was answering one of my questions and this is a very big story from baseball. Los Angeles Dodgers ace Clayton Kershaw has been scratched from his start today in Game 2 of the National League Championship Series because of back spasms. Now, that's obviously a very big deal for a variety of reasons. One of them is that the Dodgers are a prohibitive favorite to win the World Series, and they're down one game to none to Atlanta, and now they don't get their, their superstar Kershaw on the mound. But the second piece of it, obviously, is the complicated history of Kershaw in the playoffs. And I asked Mark Teixeira about that this morning on Get Up. And he, he gave me a big smile and he said, Greeny, stop me if you've heard this before, but tonight is the biggest start of Clayton Kershaw's career, which is something I feel like we've said 500 times. And he pitched great in his, in his game in, game, in, in the first round, uh, their previous round. Um, but this is a whole different animal here. Like they've, they've got to go on. And, um, you know, if they don't find a way to win tonight, they find themselves down two zip to a team that's hot. The Braves have been hitting, and they give up a run. Like When they give up a run, it's like front-page news. They gave up one run in the game last night, and when they did, it snapped a 23-inning consecutive scoreless streak. So the Braves are pitching, and they're hitting, and they're tough, and they believe. And now the Dodgers will have to go without Clayton Kershaw. So that's interesting to watch. It'll be interesting to, to me to see um, how we do as we go forward with the baseball here. Rays and Astros on one side and the Dodgers and the Braves on the other. We'll certainly have coverage for you of those as we go forward here on radio, and we'll do it on Get Up in the mornings as well. We have to share it with us regularly. But again, that's, that, that story just popped up on my screen, and I thought that feels like a big deal for a lot of different reasons. No Clayton Kershaw tonight for the Dodgers. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Okay, the time has come for the first time today to throw open the phone lines. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN, and it is my philosophy, my general belief that there are no football fans who do not have complaints. Even if your team hasn't lost a game this year, even if your team is Seattle, Buffalo, Green Bay, even you have grievances. Lord knows I, as a football fan, have any number of grievances, so it is time, Bubba, for the airing of grievances. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now... You're going to hear about it. Yes, you are. We're all going to hear about it. I will share a grievance or two, and then I want to hear yours. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. The time to call is right now, and in just a few minutes, we will air our grievances together during what is a football season that I think we can all feel grateful for. It doesn't mean we don't have complaints. If you know me, you know there are always complaints. But I will say there was one very nice moment we had on Get Up Today. Dan Graziano, the insider, is sitting next to me, and he is, he is motioning to me that he has something. Greeny, Greeny, you got to come to me. you got to come to me while someone else was talking. And so I, as soon as Jeff Saturday finished up his thought, I paused everything, and I said, we have something from Graziano. And Dan Graziano says, we just got the news. No positive tests in Tennessee. The game tonight is on. And in that moment, 
on the screen, on my monitor, I could see Marcus Spears, Jeff Saturday, and Greg McElroy, and every one of them cheered, just involuntarily. Every one of them just started clapping and put their hands up in the air in a moment of celebration. Like, these games, are, 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 they feel so precious to us. Of course, the most important thing is that no one has the coronavirus in that circumstance, and that is infinitely more important than any football game. But we're football fans, and so it feels good that we have these games. Doesn't mean we don't have grievances. So it's time to air them. 888-SAY-ESPN. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, inviting you to be a part of Greeny Nation right now on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN is my number. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back. And so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. All right, Bubba, hit it. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. You know, we're just going to do your grievances today because if you've seen my team play, you know I have it's an endless list. My entire fandom is just one large grievance. So that's mine. Let's hear from you. Robert, you're first up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Robert, air your grievance. Good afternoon, Greeny. So nice to have you back on the air again. I, you know, I love your thoughts on everything, and you're not going to like what I have to say because it's about your team. Unfortunately, <laughs> I live in New York, which is bad enough for the sports uh, arena because we're, we're worse than the desolation of smog. We, we, we are a cesspit. For the most part. But anyway, I don't have the red zone, so I'm not able to do that. I do have NFL Network, but they don't have games on Sunday. They just have highlights. Unfortunately, because of stupid contractual, uh, ridiculous uh, regulations, uh, when, uh, when one team is at home and the other's on the road, we don't get a third game often. So my grievance is that I'm angry at whatever sports, it, whatever network it is, either Fox or CBS, that forces me to watch that putrescent cesspit disguised as a football team that you root for, the New York <laughs> J-E-T-S, just end the season. 
It's well said, Robert. Thank you. And you, you actually created a bunch of words there. I don't know if I should use created. You said a bunch of words that I'm not sure whether they actually are words or not. But if they are, I love them and we'll start using them. And if they're not, I love your creativity. I will say this. The red zone is like the best invention in the history of humanity. I, I made this observation to someone on the golf course the other day, and they said, how about electricity? And I said, electricity is only more important in that we wouldn't have red zone without it. So red zone is the best thing that has ever happened to your life. If you have a, if you root for a team that flat out stinks. So that's a good one. All right. Who is next? Brent, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Brent, air your grievance. My grievance is the lack of an owner in Denver so they can get rid of John Elway. He hasn't been able to do anything successful in a dozen years other than bringing a washed up Peyton Manning who could throw the ball like eight yards. Well, that's not, that's not fair. I will say this, Brent. Yes, when you won the Super Bowl, he could only throw the ball eight yards. When you first got Peyton Manning, he had the best season any quarterback had ever had and set the all-time record for most points scored. That was the year they wound up losing to Baltimore in an overtime game. But Peyton gave you some good years. That said, you are correct. If John Elway's name was John Finkelstein, he would no longer be the general manager of the Broncos. But that career buys you a long leash, and I'm willing to live with that. I actually don't think the Broncos are that far away. I think they have the quarterback. He's just hurt. But everything I've heard from everyone who pays attention to this stuff tells me they think Drew Locke is going to be a good player. So let's at least see what they are when he comes back. The coach, to me, is a major question mark. Major. But the quarterback, from everything I hear from people, I think is going to be good. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, airing your grievances. Sean, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Sean, air your grievance. Sean, put that on pause there. You got to put turn your radio down, my man. All right, let's come back to Sean another time. Jacob, you are next with Greeny here. Jacob, air your grievance. Hey, Greeny, it's Jacob from San Antonio on a mobile. First time, long time. Tom Herman needs to be fired from the University of Texas. In the past three years, he's lost six games to unranked opponents. Charlie Strong was fired after going one and two against Oklahoma. Tom Herman is now one and four. He brought in Todd Orlando. They have returners on defense. Joseph Osai, Demarion Overson, and them boys. They can get after it, but for some reason, they all forgot how to tackle the other team. The only reason <laughs> Tom Herman still has a job is because he has a $20 million buyout. Thank you. I'll hang up and listen. Well, Jacob, thank you. And, and that is our first ever college football grievance being aired here. More than welcome. Delighted to have you call in with that. Yeah, I remember when they fired Charlie, there was a feeling that it was time. What happens is when you replace someone who had done what he has had done, then the expectation is enormous. And at Texas, the expectation is always enormous. Texas is one of those places that hasn't been a true, legit top five program in a very long time, but still has that mentality. The fans still feel like they should be. And I'm not here to tell you you shouldn't be. You, Texas has everything in the world going for it. Texas is a program where if you don't win big, you are underachieving. Texas has all the advantages the Big Ten schools don't have. You've got the weather. You've got the facilities. You've got more money than anybody. You've got your own television network. You've got 
Um, you've got the, the conference where there's games you can win. Did I mention the weather? You've got that. Texas is a place where you should be winning big. And if you're not, I understand why you start getting itchy. So, Jacob, your grievance is very much duly noted. Time for one more. Justin, you're on ESPN Radio. Justin, air your grievance. Justin's gone, but we got Miguel. Miguel, you're next on ESPN Radio. Go ahead and air your grievance, Miguel. Hey, Greeny, how are you? Nice to see you. I'm down in Southern in Connecticut, down in New Canaan. I have no, no skin in the game with this guy or his school, but for people that were talking down Justin Herbert before the draft and saying he was lazy and just a, or just a big cannon arm, to see what he's been doing in the last, in the last three games is really amazing, and he's going to be just as good you know, in, in the future years to come. They have a, an amazing quarterback in, in the, with the Chargers now. I agree with that, Miguel, and, and thank you. That's not really a grievance. Maybe it was with some of the evaluation. Look, evaluation is an art. It's not a science, and they don't always get it right. And the NFL teams don't always get it right. Quarterbacks who go in the first round are basically a 50-50 proposition, and so I guess the evaluations are also a 50-50 proposition. Has that kid looked much better than advertised? Absolutely. I spent the first few minutes of the show talking about that, uh, if you weren't able to be with me, you can't help but be impressed. He has a higher completion percentage right now than he did in college. It's unimaginable. In his first four games in an NFL uniform, when he got forced into duty, and he's played against good teams. It's been an overtime with Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees so far. So I'm very impressed with Herbert. RC was tweeting last night, hey, could the Dolphins have taken the wrong guy? Obviously, there's no way to say that. We haven't seen Tua yet, but I do wonder when we will see Tua. Ryan Fitzpatrick keeps playing the way he played last week. It might be a little while. All right, Greeny with you. Uh, Delighted with all the calls. We'll do some more a little bit later. Coming up next, I will tell you why I have absolutely no problem with LeBron James saying something, even though it makes no sense. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Grainy with you on ESPN Radio. Just joining me. Some pretty big news from baseball today. I'm getting more information from Jeff Passan, Clayton Kershaw, back spasms, scratched. 
for his Game 2 start tonight in the NLCS. Dodgers down 1-0 to the Braves. All those games, of course, are here on ESPN Radio. Meanwhile, it's time for some Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And here's the Straight Talk. LeBron James, by winning his fourth championship the other night and leading the Lakers for everything he has done, is now firmly a member, I think, almost beyond any debate of the all-time basketball Mount Rushmore. That is exactly what it is. That is exactly what he is. Not definitively more than that. And that is about as significant a compliment as you could ever pay a basketball player. To tell a basketball player, you now are on this list. Your face is actually on, carved into this imaginary mountain with the faces of Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Michael Jordan is probably the highest praise I could ever offer a basketball player. And I did so on Get Up this morning, and then I brought Stephen A. Smith into the conversation, knowing what he was going to say, because this is exactly the conversation I want to have. Stephen A. Smith said, you do realize, Greeny, that in the eyes of LeBron and a lot of people around him, you've just insulted him. By saying he is anything other than the greatest player ever, you have insulted him. That that's what he means when he says, I want my damn respect too. And you know what? That's exactly the way he should think, even though it makes no sense. Let me explain. I have not ever been a great athlete, obviously, but I have been fortunate enough in my life to have been around a lot of them. I've spent enough of my adult life around professional athletes, and in particular, around one whose initials are MJ, to know one thing for certain, and that is the great ones have an ego the likes of which you couldn't ever possibly imagine. You can't become the great one without that. You saw it for 10 hours this summer in the last dance. Michael Jordan would make up slights wherever he could find them. That's how he got that fuel of his burning to play a Tuesday night game in New Jersey in February, like it was game seven of the finals, because he imagined that someone on that team might have said something about him, that, that um, what was his first name, Albert King, had said something that seemed dismissive of him. And so he, Michael Jordan, would play that game like his life depended on it. That's what the great ones do. They find ways to motivate themselves. They demand respect because you can't, you just can't fathom what it takes to be that. I can't get it. You can't get it. So does it make sense for LeBron James to be insulted by the idea that he's on the basketball Mount Rushmore? Of course not. It's, it is meant as an extraordinary comp- accomplishment and compliment. For me to say, I have now decided that in my opinion, as one who has followed the game all of my life, who has read everything I can find about the game's history, who grew up loving basketball more than any other sport and who still considers it my favorite sport. For me to say, I now put him above, above Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Larry Bird. These, and the names go on. You know who the rest of them are. He's above them. I can't imagine paying someone a higher compliment. But I totally get why LeBron James feels insulted if you say anything other than he's the best of all time. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. And I will offer you the proof. You're saying to yourself, Greeny, that's ridiculous. You're just trying to make excuses for something. 
No, I'm not. No, I'm not. This is how the great ones think. And let me offer you the proof. Here's the proof. Imagine if when I said, congratulations, LeBron James, today, you are now officially on the all-time Mount Rushmore of basketball. Imagine if anyone had ever said that about Michael. I can tell you right now, he'd be calling everyone he can to have a word with you. He wouldn't do it personally, but boy, the word would get back. Michael Jordan doesn't want to hear he's on any Mount Rushmore. Michael Jordan knows he's the greatest player that ever lived. And you can't become Michael Jordan unless you know that. And contrary to what you believe about LeBron James, because his approach, his vibe is very different than Michael's is and was. LeBron James has that too. You don't get to be LeBron James without having that without believing definitively, not believing, without knowing you're the greatest of all time. So I totally get that he is put off whenever anyone suggests that. And somewhere down deep in the recesses of his intellect, he understands that it is a compliment. And I think in an honest moment, he would tell you, yeah, to be mentioned in the same breath with Bill Russell and Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the highest of basketball praise. But I think in order to be that guy, you have to be angry at anything other than you're the best. Because in your mind, you have to believe you're the best. And boy, I tell you what, Michael Jordan absolutely did. This would have been more important to him than it is to LeBron. If when Michael was at the top of the mountain, someone had said to him, congratulations, Michael, you have now entered the conversation with the greatest players of all time. Michael Jordan would not have taken kindly to that, and he would have demanded his damn respect too. So the proof is in the great ones. The proof is in the fact that in order to be that, you have to think that way. So I have zero issue with LeBron James making those comments and feeling that way, even if they obviously don't make sense. The proof is in the great ones, and the proof is in the Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil, based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Marcus Spears will join me coming up here. We'll go through all the, the business around the National Football League, in particular what happens next in Dallas with Dak. We will also take more of your grievances as this day continues. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.